0: What are we discussing on today's podcast? You asked? Well, first we got to discuss that D backs game two loss to the San Francisco Giants. Then we got to grade the D backs trade deadline because they made a flurry of moves. But how do those moves stack up to the rest of the NL wild card race contenders? Discussing all that on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. <laughs> Welcome into the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day listening to, always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist, and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas 24 thatmyportfolio.com On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at creatorthomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks about Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle, and of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. And Before we start today's podcast, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. This episode of Locked on Diamondbacks brought to you by eBay Motors, a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check, stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com, let's ride, eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to us customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, let's get back into this Locked on Dimebacks podcast and let's just discuss before we get into the MLB trade deadline and discuss all the moves that the D-backs made and how their moves compared to the rest of the NL wildcard contenders. Let's first start with the D-backs game two loss over the San Francisco Giants because it was a very frustrating game to watch with the Arizona Dimebacks because this felt like a game that the D-backs should have been in control and were in control and for most of it until late in this game because the D-backs, I wouldn't say they were exactly cruising in this game because they didn't have a very large lead, but they were up one nothing after five innings. And then they scored two runs in the sixth to go up 3 nothing entering the bottom of the sixth against the San Francisco Giants. And what did Zach Allen do? Did our ace, the guy that people still believe should be the Cy Young front runner for this season. What did our ace do in that situation after back to back innings where his team put runs on the board? What did Zach Allen do? Well, he didn't go out there and have a shutdown inning, and that's been my issue with Zach Gallen all season. Feels like as we get later in these games and when the D back score, it feels like Zach Allen for some reason reverse to a guy that is not his usual self i feel like whenever the d-backs score in like the fifth or sixth inning and then zach allen goes out there the next inning, feels like he matches the runs that the d-back just put on the board and it's very frustrating to watch because this is someone that we've seen have scoreless streaks for over a month and we know he is one of the best pitchers in baseball but over his last what month Uh, over his last two months He's been solid. He's had a lot of outings like the one he had against the Giants where he looks dominant the first four or five innings. But then that sixth, seventh inning, maybe things go a little awry. Or maybe he just has one bad inning in his outing. But he still eats a lot of the innings. He still throws a lot of pitches. He'll still go six or seven innings deep in the ball game, But it's not exactly peak out. Zach Allen dominance in those innings has been so weird to watch. And hopefully with a Merrill Kelly back that could put a little bit less pressure on a Zach Allen. But I do not know why he is struggling so much um recently, just especially the home runs. Like that's been the biggest issue for Zach Allen when you look at the recent trends with him because Zach Allen is someone those first dozen starts of the season, like, was giving up no home runs. Command absolutely perfect. Uh, rarely walked guys, but now you look at Zach Gallen recently. Gives up a little bit more. Ha- gives up a little bit more hard contact than you would want. Gave up a home run tonight as well, which is just. Not what you would expect from Zach Allen after being so good in that department of not allowing home runs. All of a sudden, he's in this funk over the last two months of giving up a ton, and it's led to this reason why his ERA once again climbs 3-4-1. Nothing crazy, but this is a guy where if he's just 90% of the guy he was last season, I think he's running away with the Cy Young award race, but he's not doing that right now. There's still enough time in the season for Zach Allen to really pull away in the Cy Young Award race because we know he can have a scoreless streak, but he's going to have to put one together if he does want to win the award. The Corbin Carroll Rookie of the Year Zach Allen Cy Young parlay is not looking too good right now, D-backs fans. And some other notes from this game. Love the bombs by the D-backs offense. They had three home runs, only only issue is they were all solo dolo shots so there was no one on base and that was an issue because the D-backs outside of those home runs did not have anyone in scoring position tonight so you have three home runs but they all lead to three solo shots if you just have one guy draw a walk one guy get a single when there's at least a home run being hit you probably win this game but realistically you need someone to get to second base the D-backs my next point is the D-backs try to create havoc on the bases they try to create chaos they try to get some runners in motion try to steal some bases but my next criticism and note from this game is stop running stop trying to steal if your name is not Corey McCarroll or Jake McCarthy at least against the San Francisco Giants team because listen their catchers are elite at throwing out guys. We saw it with Perdomo. We saw it with who? Jace Peterson. Like their catcher, I think it was Patrick O'Bailey. Uh, I think I got that right. Like my man wasn't even getting to his—he he wasn't even getting to his feet. He wasn't popping up. My man was just going from dirt, from knees to second base dart with the ball and it was absolutely insane to watch because this man was literally just crouching on his knees throwing missiles down to second bait pinpoint accuracy too um might I add so that dude was just kind of electric for the giants throwing out dudes i mean the next point I had in this game is don't get thrown out on the base pass to end the game because they're a catcher, threw it down to first, picked off Geraldo Perdomo to end the game, and it's like that dude was probably the MVP in this game, the catcher, because even though, I mean, what did he do offensively? Let me look it up. I got the box score uh, here. I didn't write it down for the catcher. Um, I mean, their first catcher is one for two where a run score. Their second catcher, oh for one, like both of their catchers were just mowing down these D-backs runners on the base pass, and the D-backs... Have to be smarter on the base pass. I like them getting chaotic. I like them being aggressive on the base pass, but you do have to be smart. You cannot end a game getting picked off on the major league level if you're a Geraldo Perdomo. So D backs need to do a better job there. D backs lose game to the San Francisco Giants. Zach Gallen, where are you at? Where is the real Zach Gallen? We want the guy that we saw in 2022 back in the fold because that dude was electric and that dude would be running away with the Cy Young award race right now I got the bobblehead right here for the YouTube stream of when Zach Allen had 44 and the third consecutive scoreless innings let's get back to that Zach Allen because if the D-backs get that if the D-backs get that Zach Allen with Merrill Kelly and now you add this revamped bullpen yeah I think the D-backs can make noise down the stretch of the season but It's going to start with this series and the rest of this month because, as we said on yesterday's podcast, tough stretch in the month of August. A lot of NL West and NL wildcard contenders that you have to face off. The Giants four-game series, so far you split the first two. D-backs kind of, not desperately, but they very much need the last two games in the series, and hopefully the D-backs can steal the last two games in the series. Now I want to talk to you guys about the D backs' de- about the D deadline and grade some of their deadline acquisitions. But first, we need to talk about. Oh, I think I was looking at the wrong day for my ad reads, but that's okay because it's still the same ad that we have to read anyway because we are going to talk about Sleeper, y'all, because I absolutely love this app because if you want to win 100 times your money on daily fantasy baseball, Sleeper is the best app to do it because you could pick a player and then pick a stat, a prop for him to do. You could pick multiple players. Like I pick Corbin Carroll and show Tani to hit a home run, and maybe I win, maybe I don't, obviously it didn't hit in last night's game, but that's okay, but maybe you'll hit when you open up the sleeper app, and the great thing about the sleeper app is, it's not just for daily fantasy baseball, you can also use it for your fantasy sports, because when football season rolls around, I use the sleeper app for my dynasty fantasy football league, Keeps track of all my players, all stored right there in the app. Rookie Draft, everything. It's fantastic. Sleeper is a fancy sports plus real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper has become the fastest organically growing fancy platform in the world. So use promo code LOCKDOWN and get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. don't forget to catch every D-Backs pitch on the Hometown Broadcast when you download the Sirius XM app and search up Diamondbacks. Now let's get back into the lock on Diamondbacks podcast and let's grade the D-Backs trade deadline. We'll go through all their acquisitions, assign a trade, assign a grade to each trade, and then assign an overall grade to the trade deadline for the D-Backs. First trade we'll talk about was the one that got in right in the nick of time, D-backs Acquire outfielder from the New York Mets, Tommy Pham for cash considerations, and minor leaguer Jeremy Rodriguez, who is only 17 years old, a young man, and I had to give this grade N. A because, or this trade, a grade of an A because I thought this was a really savvy move for the D-backs. They acquired someone who is a little bit older, a veteran, but having a really fantastic season and you really didn't have to give up much for him. Um, Tommy Pham historically is a guy who crushes left-handed pitching, but this season has been very evenly balanced. I think he's got let me see a 255 average and a 532 slugging against lefties, and a 277 average and a 431 slugging against righties, and on the season his slash line is. Uh 268 348 472 but over his last three months he's got a 500 slugging with a 286 bat- batting average so Tommy Pham has been really good over the last few months and he's just another guy that has pos- uh, positional versatility when you think about the platoon advantage for the D-backs because you know toy Lovella loves the righty versus lefty matchups and doing all the cross matchups and everything so I was just thinking about lineups that the D-backs can now throw out there. Like, if there's a lefty on the mound, are you going to go Gurriel, Carroll, Pham, Emmanuel Rivera, Perdomo, Marte, Walker, Evan Longoria... A very righty-heavy lineup. You sit both McCarthy and Alec Thomas. You put Longo in a DH. You start Fam and Gurriel in your outfield. Maybe you do that. Fam is not the greatest defensive outfielder, also 35 years old. So that is a little bit of a concern if you're the D-backs. And then if there's a righty on the mound, do you go Carroll, McCarthy, Thomas, your three youngsters in the outfield? I mean, I guess you could do Jace Peterson at third base. He's a lefty. I don't know if he'll stick with the D backs on major league level once Evan Longoria comes back. But then you could have Perdomo, still uh, a shortstop, Marte, Walker, and then I think you just choose. Um, for your DH between the Longos, the Fams, and the Lord's Guriel, maybe whoever's hottest at the time. You still got Nick Ahmed, too. Still got Kyle Lewis as options as well. So I just love the D-backs, their depth of options when it comes to both lefties and righties. And FAM is a guy who, at least this season, has been pretty evenly split on both sides of the plate. Didn't have to give up much for him. I think this is an A-trade by the D-backs. And I think upgrading the outfield was It wasn't a priority like the bullpen or the rotation, but sneakily, I think it was one of their weaknesses because statistically the McCarthy's and the Thomases haven't been great this year. So getting another guy who is just performing well, I just think is overall very smart for this D-backs offense. This trade I thought was kind of weird. D-backs and Brewers made a little swap. D-backs send Andrew Chafin to the brew crew. They get back Peter. I don't even know how to say his last name. Strezaleski. I'm just going to call him Peter for the purpose of this exercise. And I gave this trade a grade of a C plus because I would have preferred just to keep Andrew Chafin a veteran, also controllable through next year. Meanwhile, Peter is just a rental. Chafin is also like the all-time appearances leader for the D-backs. This is someone who's had a really good career. It's just something I probably trust a little bit more. Um, his ear a little bit inflated by a really bad outing he had against Atlanta, but I do think Chafin is still solid. And I think by the end of the season, he'll probably have a three, eight and just look fine. The guy, Peter that we acquired from the Brewers. He is kind of interesting. I don't hate the move kind of a roll the dice upside play 25% career strikeout rate with an 8.2% career walk rate, both slightly above league average. you like to see that he's a low nineties guy, but he's someone that performed really well, last season and then the advanced numbers tell you he's doing the same thing this year but the ERA just doesn't line up with what it was last year so but in the advanced metrics are good might I add you as well so this is someone that should be better than maybe what the peripheral stats say so I don't mind the roll of the dice for the D-backs but I think I would have just preferred the more controllable Andrew Schaafen for a bullpen that still needs arms like I don't think we're in a position to be trading away solid veteran relievers um if you're the Arizona Diamondbacks and then how much time do we have? I guess one more trade that we could grade during this segment. Um or no, we could we could trade all the we could grade all the trades. The the Jace Peterson trade, I'm just gonna say that one doesn't really matter. I mean he might just be an injury replacement for Longo. I mean if he goes on to bat 300 with a thousand OPS the rest of the season. Okay, I'll eat my words, but I don't think that trade is going to matter much. So I didn't even put a trade. I uh, didn't even put a grade to it. The Paul Seawall trade, getting a real closer from the Seattle Mariners, I put that as a B plus. Maybe you guys think it's an A because the closer role has been so bad for the D backs the last few years, but I don't want to discount that the D backs gave up some stuff. I talked about yesterday how it might have been a fleece because of what the D backs gave up, but when consider some of the other trades around Major League Baseball. D-backs probably still gave up the best package. I mean, you did get a major leaguer and Josh Rojas. You did get another major leaguer in Dominic Canzone, who is solid. And you got um, Ryan Bliss, who is a pretty solid prospect as well. So for Paul Seawald, I think the Mariners got a good return, at least back, compared to what other folks were getting back in some of their returns. So I think a B-plus is just fine when you um, put it in that kind of context. So when I grade the D-backs trade deadline as a whole, what grade do I give it? Well, you're going to have to hear the answer to that question when we get back after this. Okay, so what grade do I give the D-backs this trade deadline? Overall, I think I'm going to give my keys in this front office a B plus. They still didn't get me a starting pitcher, which I think would have taken this grade to an A because I still think that rotation depth is super thin. And with the guys like Zach Davies and then Tommy Henry's going on the IL, even the Drew, even the Dre Jameson's um, being out for the foreseeable future. You could look to the minor leagues for the D-backs and like even the minor leagues are starting to get a little bit. Then with the starting pitching depth, Slade Ciccini slotted to start, I think, the next game against the San Francisco Giants, who's going to be making his debut. So it might be seeing some rookies here soon for the D-backs making their debut as we enter the final stretch of the season. So I would have given the D-backs trade deadline an A, if they were able to get like the Michael Lorenzen or the E-Rod type, but not able to do it. But still, I give them a B plus because you solve that closer issue with Paul Seawald. Hopefully, I mean, we've seen the D-backs you know, cl- uh, you solve the the problem before with the Mark Melanson's of the world and even the Andrew Chaffin's of the world. And those options, I guess, haven't worked out. So hopefully it does work out with Paul Seawalt, but at least on paper, that's a really good acquisition. Tommy Fam, I mean, we did that trade deadline draft with Javier Reyes either last week, a couple weeks ago, where we drafted the players at the deadline, the targets who we think would make the biggest impact or the targets that we would prioritize the most on our list and I think I took Tommy Pham with like my second or third pick because he was having a really good season for the New York Mets and he was a guy that could hit from both sides of the plate um he's not a switch hitter but was crushing both righties and lefties on the mound I guess I should say and just having a really good resurgent season at age 35 and the fact that the D-backs got him I like that a lot so I definitely think the grade is a B plus for the D-backs deadline but How does it compare to the rest of the NL wildcard race contenders? Because I want to go through every acquisition real quick just for the NL wildcard teams um, and just compare it to the D-backs because I think the D-backs can make an argument that they might have had the best deadline of any of these teams, but you guys can tell me if you disagree. The Dodgers acquired Ahmed Rosario, Kike Hernandez, Lance Lynn, and Joe Kelly. And honestly, like those are... Solid moves, I would have been happy with a Lance Lynn, but also none of those guys. Oh, they also got Ryan Yarborough. Like, yeah, those are all real major leaguers. The only issue is none of them are having a good season. So if those guys are. If those guys go over to L.A. and just suck, like I wouldn't be surprised because they've sucked the whole year. Now, Dodgers fans are going to tell you once you put on that Dodgers blue, it doesn't matter what you did previously. You turn into an all-star. Maybe that's true. Sometimes it happens with the New York Yankees with some of their players. When you don the pinstripes, we'll see if it happens with Dodgers blue. But they acquired a lot of underperforming players. And if those guys turn it around, kudos to the Dodgers. But as it currently stands, I'm not scared of anybody the Dodgers acquired. The Brewers got carlos santana they got Marcana. they got andrew chafin as far as i'm concerned i mean andrew chafin like i said i would have wanted to keep uh mark Hanna, i don't have a lot of respect for unfortunately i may have respect for him as a man but i don't think he's that good uh, of a ball player he's not someone that i'd ever fear and carlos santana is 37 years old so when i look at Those acquisitions on paper, am I scared of what the Brewers did? The Marlins, this is where it gets interesting, acquired David Robertson, who was high on my target list, maybe the most coveted reliever they got him. They got Jake Berger, who admittedly, I did not know who that was before um, doing research for this podcast, and Jake Berger... Third year in Major League Baseball might have had the quietest 25 home runs in less than 90 games I've ever seen. Over 800 OPS, like the Marlins, we always say they just need offense with that pitching staff. And they just got someone who has, who they just got someone who's going, I mean, 88 games. 25 home runs in 88 games. I mean, was that over 162, like 35? Like, they got someone with 40 home run potential that no one even knows about. So I think that's a solid move uh, for the Miami Marlins. And they also got Josh Bell, who's a major leaguer. Got Ryan Weathers. Eh, not really into that move, but I do like what the Marlins did. The Cubs, they got uh jeremiah candelario who is maybe the most coveted position player on the market also got jose Quas, who's a decent reliever giants got a.j pollock and mark matthias i don't know why they did that a.j pollock is washed padres i don't know why they got in the game but it was funny to see them getting active as a.j preller does can't hate on a man who doesn't want to sit on his hands do love that about aggressive preller rich hill G-Man Choi, Garrett cooper scott barlow The Rich Hill, he's like 49. G-Man Choi, he's not doing much for me. Garrett Cooper's a solid little player, but he's like a platoon guy. Really, Scott Barlow who's having a down season, but is a good reliever, was the only one I was like, dang, how come the Padres got him? Because the D-backs could definitely use a guy like Scott Barlow. Then the Phillies added Michael Lorenzen. So when you look at all those teams and all the players I just mentioned, I do think D-backs arguably got two of the top five players of any uh, of all the players that were acquired by all these NL wildcard contenders, I do think it's arguable that the D-backs acquired two of the top five most talented players to their team and a uh, Tommy Pham and a Paul Seawald. So when I stack them up against the rest of the NL wildcard race... They might have had the best trade deadline. They might have acquired the most talent. It's all arguable. And there's still only a game back of getting in the wild card race. It doesn't feel great to be in the position we are now, considering how good the D-backs were for the first 90 games, first 75 games of the season. But with some upgrades coming, with some reinforcements coming, hopefully the D-backs can get back on track. Toughest stretch of the season coming forward. D-backs need to start playing their best baseball, and at least they got some help on the way for the home stretch of the season. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. We'll be talking with Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres, drafting the trades everything will have the base impact for the rest of the season so come back for that thank you for making lockdown diamondbacks your first listen every day if you do listen every day put a hashtag every day in the comment section on youtube don't forget to catch every d pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the series xm app and search up diamondbacks and as always stay safe stay healthy Doses.